Hello, and welcome to I Am Not Overreacting. I'm your host, Emily Pastrana. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist, birth doula, and yoga instructor, and I'm here to talk about the stuff that nobody else wants to. From sex, painful periods, pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond, we will cover it all and nothing is off limits. We've come to a point where we have normalized complications with our body instead of normalizing getting help for the complications. I want to help change that. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone, and you always have a seat at my table. Now let's get this party started. Before we begin, I want to remind listeners that I'm Not Overreacting is a podcast designed to encourage thought and spark the empowerment to have the tougher or less comfortable conversations. The information in this podcast is never intended to treat, cure, or fix any specific problem, condition, or diagnosis. Always consult with your provider or birth team before trying a new exercise or treatment method. Thank you and enjoy. Stop talking about your period. Really? Another photo of her stomach? Childbirth makes me uncomfortable. Have a glass of wine. Relax. Wait till you have a baby. You're hardly showing. Are those twins in there? You're huge. Make it stop. And I'm not overreacting. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'm so excited today. I have Maya Bach here with me. She has her master's in public health, and she is a registered dietitian nutritionist. Guys, she's so smart, so amazing. I'm so excited. And what I love personally is that she is a vegan like me, and I will preempt with we are not trying to force you into being vegan. I recognize that veganism is becoming popular. I'm seeing a lot of you wanting to go dairy-free while pregnant, not sure where to get your iron and stuff like that. So I thought, let's get the professional. Maya, hi, welcome. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to do this together. I'm excited. So guys, I just have to tell you, before like Maya logged on and we were just talking and we killed the first 30 minutes just BSing with each <laughs> other. So- I, we just love her already. This is going to be great. So Maya, just tell us a little bit about you. Give us, give us a blurb on yourself. Yeah. A blurb. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I've been a dietitian for about seven years now and I started my journey to veganism from the animal welfare, animal rights standpoint. And that really highlighted the fact that what we eat not only impacts our health, our bodies, also other beings. And once I made that connection, I decided to leave my job in HR and dive into the world of nutrition full time. Wow. Yeah. So fast forward to today, I started in a weight management setting in a clinical hospital, started my private practice focusing within weight management, and then now transition to helping pregnant vegan women feel confident about their pregnancy, make sure they're covering their nutrient gaps. It started almost a year ago, a little less than a year ago when my sister announced that she's pregnant. And while she's not fully vegan, seeing that there is a need for women who don't eat animal products in their pregnancy and just not getting the support and the information that they need. That's that's amazing. And I've told you this before, there's such a need And there's so much more negative, it sounds like, than positive sometimes when we bring this up to our providers. So you kind of bridging the gap in letting women who are vegan or wanting to be more plant-based or just swap out dairy, you're giving them a a place of, you know, to go for knowledge and evidence-based information. And that's 
so important. So I'm so glad you do what you do and listeners are going to be glad too. They're going to love it. I'm so excited. So we are going to dive in you guys. We kind of came up with, I guess like three ish topics that we're going to talk about all in more detail than just three topics as you'll learn. Okay. So our first topic we are going to go over is we're going to talk about three kind of key nutrients to help support you throughout your pregnancy, kind of some heavy hitters that people are asking Maya about things that I have clients and even just friends asking about in terms of kind of the major nutrients that are harder to get during pregnancy and sometimes hard to get through plants, which people who might be eating vegan or more plant-based might be missing on crucial nutrients just because they're not eating the right foods. So let's start with the one I hear the most about Maya. Let's talk about iron. Yeah. So iron, you might hear from whether it's your provider or your family or your best friend who just had a baby that you need red meat for iron to support the proper growth and development for your baby. Now, while iron from red meat is a different kind of iron that we find in plants, you can 100% meet your needs for a healthy pregnancy without eating any animal products, including red meat. Your iron needs actually double during pregnancy. Your blood increases. Um, And so in order to help facilitate that process to carry oxygen from you to baby, iron is especially important. The top food sources that I recommend to my vegan pregnant clients include things like lentils and, you know, throw them into whether it's like a pasta sauce, doesn't have to be a bowl of lentils, um, but that's fine too. It's fine too. Yeah. Fortified cereals are awesome. I know processed foods, we were talking earlier, Emily, and they get a Mm -hmm. bad rap sometimes. Fortified cereals that are processed are a great source of iron, can be a great source of iron. Cooked greens, go for it. Broccoli, spinach, et cetera. And then also, this is a fun fact. When we were, I was talking with a client the other day and she was like, oh my, I love oatmeal. Yeah. Certain brands of instant oatmeal. I know, you know, people have certain feelings about, about different brands. Sure. Actually be really high in iron. Oatmeal is, and then instant due to processing. Again, brand dependent can be high in iron. Wow. So really would, would you, are you asking your clients and I'm not a client yet, so I'm not pregnant, but I will be one day, I hope. Are you just having your clients really read labels? Cause even when we talk about like fortified cereals and fortified products, I didn't even realize that's something I should be looking for. Do we, is, are you just always encouraging people to look at the back and kind of read the levels of what's in things? Yeah. So yes. And I also give, we talk, we take what they're currently eating So I can like say, oh, here's how to get iron, but it really isn't going to be helpful unless I meet my client where they're at, you know, where where she's at. Sure. So take what she's eating, let's say oatmeal, for example, and then make small tweaks. So choosing a different brand, um, looking at, okay, can we add? So for example, one of my clients, she's not a huge fan of this, but she tried it. She's adding lentils to oatmeal. So like, you know, a little spoonful here can really help boost your, the amount that you need. And yes, label reading is a part of what we talk about together, but I don't want them to get overly focused on like, okay, this is like three milligrams. This is okay, good to because that can be overwhelming. So I give them a list. They have a little tool that they can work with too. That's great. And I think that the value in what you're saying, it's not just eat more oatmeal. It's <laughs> how can we enhance the oatmeal 
what other things can we use to increase your iron? And that's where conversations with you are beneficial because it's not just eat a bowl of lentils or eat a certain type of oatmeal. It's how do we really maximize the benefits by little tweaks, like you call them, which I really love. And that's what listeners are going to get like a sneak peek into with what you do or these, these tricks. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. And I also see opportunities with my clients and when I just, when I'm talking to people too. Okay. So I'm eating these, this iron rich food, like for example, the other day, someone said, Oh my, my doctor is wanting to me, wanting me to take an iron supplement, but I am eating a lot of iron. And then what she felt was a lot of iron, Mm -hmm. primarily from spinach, primarily from raw spinach, which mm-hmm. raw spinach does contain iron, but not as much as cooked. And then when we really looked into it, she was taking some um, calcium with her iron, these tablets for digestion. And that really caused a problem with her iron levels. And so there are other, in addition to the tweak, um, knowing how to, I love the word that you used, enhance or you know really maximize the right. iron that you're getting from your foods by things like adding vitamin C iron rich food. So a glass of fortified orange juice is great. Berries, bell peppers, whatever. And cooking in a cast iron skillet. I'm obsessed with that. I don't even, I don't understand how that works, but that's, I love a cast iron moment. So what that actually boosts our absorption. Yes. Oh my gosh. So this was yesterday. I sent over one of my clients who had a disagreement with her mother-in-law who did not believe cooking in a cast iron skillet could significantly increase your iron it actually does. So I sent over her studies. I titled the email cast iron cooking talking points Oh my <laughs> her to, to arm herself with knowledge. <laughs> um, I know. So it's non-heme iron, this plant iron that, that flakes off and your body, or excuse me, it's absorbed by the food. It's even better if you do add some kind of acid like tomato sauce and a cast iron, because that really enhances it. So there are small things like that, that you can really, really make a difference. How easy. (laughs) I can't believe it. So that's amazing. And okay. And then I wanted to ask you too, in terms of vitamin C. So we know things that foods that have more vitamin C, I don't think we need to go into that. Can it be as simple as if I'm eating some greens, a squirt of a squeeze of like lemon juice, or would that not be quite enough? That would be great. Yes, okay. the sort of lemon juice, uh, especially lemon juice, because it's more concentrated than, let's say, like a handful of berries. And both both have vitamin C, but the lemon juice are like a lot of bang for your buck. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I was just curious because I yeah. don't like cook with a lot of lemon and stuff like that. Yeah. That's like off the record, but like I could, I guess, do that. I'm just trying to think of ways. Um, but yeah, tomatoes, pasta sauce, a ton of tomatoes um, in my life. So that's great bell peppers or like the orange and red ones in particular cooked or raw raw yeah that's what I thought okay that's I was just curious okay good so guys first of all if you have a cast iron skillet get it out use it (laughs) that's so crazy it's so easy and I'm just going to kind of reiterate some of the takeaways from that so obsessed with just using a cast iron skillet that's such an easy tweak it's not the end all be all but when you combine it with cook your greens too. And Mm -hmm. this is my own soapbox that the trends and Maya, I'm not going to put you in a corner. So you have to comment on this. I have my own personal problems with pushing, consuming raw food only. Some foods from my own research should be eaten cooked just for better digestion, let alone 
nutrient absorption. So eating cooked greens, you heard it here, that improves your iron compared to eating just a whole bowl of raw greens. Is yeah. that fair, Maya? That is fair. And you're absolutely correct. Cooked and raw veggies each have their own beneficial nutrient profile, so to speak. So a mixture of both is what I recommend. Right. And working with somebody like Maya, guys, the reason it's great is because she would tell you, this is a food. If you eat it raw, it will have this benefit. If you eat this one cooked, it will have this benefit. So you kind of sometimes need to consult a professional and not just deep dive into this, you guys. That's why a lot of you are getting blood work back and we don't know where to go. You kind of Google online, oh, this food has good iron, but that website might not tell you that if it's cooked, it'd be better. So just make sure we always know where we're getting our information from. I'm really big on that, where we get our information. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, so happy you brought that, brought that up. Misinformation is um, rampant in our world. It is rampant. (laughs) And the world of nutrition, it's very important that the recommendations that I'm giving as a vegan woman do not come from a place of belief. Rather, they come from a place of scientific evidence. Here is how to have a healthy vegan pregnancy, meet your nutrient needs, cover your bases so you can grow a healthy baby. I think yeah. it's really important to make that distinction. It is. It, it is important. And I would always preface, I have a lot of opinions. And if I'm going to give you one, I'll say out <laughs> loud, this is my opinion. But yeah. for the most part, when I'm asking these questions to Maya, it's because I know she's done the research and I know she's giving us evidence-based information. She's not just spewing her opinions at us. That's what we get so much of right now. And what we're what we should be looking for in information is what is the science telling us? What is the evidence telling us? Not just, you know, Maya's favorite foods. That's not what this is. Although I would love to, I would love to know her favorites, but that's not what this is. <laughs> we could talk about that after. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I would love Maya's favorite foods, <laughs> but anywho, iron, let's move on from there. That was so interesting. Another big one we hear a lot, calcium. Talk yeah. to us about calcium. Yeah. So calcium is you you know, probably guess is really important to help your baby build strong bones and your calcium needs. This is something that's really interesting about the human body, especially for women during pregnancy, your calcium needs actually stay the same, but during pregnancy, your body becomes more efficient at absorbing it. And so it becomes calcium is very important. And you might also hear or have read or have been told that you need dairy in order to meet your calcium needs for a healthy pregnancy. That is not true. Not (laughs) true. No, it is not true. And there are tons of, especially now more than ever, dairy-free products that are fortified with calcium. Things like dark leafy, leafy greens, broccoli, calcium set tofu, foods that are found in their whole or minimally processed form. You can absolutely meet your needs through a variety of different ways without touching a glass of milk or a slice of cheese. And so the world of dairy-free, I often find even for my vegan clients, and I know it can be overwhelming to walk into the grocery store anyway these days, it's very confusing. And so how do you tell, okay, is this brand of dairy-free yogurt better than this brand? Or what type of dairy-free milk should I have in my coffee versus have with my oatmeal or, you know, cook with, for example. 
And so there are a couple of different key points. We'll talk about three that I like to encourage my clients to look at when they are evaluating between different products. So number one is that is that dairy-free product fortified with calcium and vitamin D. Vitamin D is extra important because we need vitamin D in order to help absorb calcium, kind of similar to the vitamin C iron conversation we were having earlier. And the amount will vary by brand. And so just taking a look at a couple of different, whether it's a yogurt or whether it's a milk, checking out what's in your local store and and to go from there. The second thing to look for when you are looking at dairy-free products is protein. Mm -hmm. And again, this will vary greatly by brand. (laughs) Some brands have started adding in pea protein, um, some uh, will be a soy-based protein product. For pregnancy, I recommend a soy milk or a soy yogurt. Mm-hmm. From a nutrient standpoint, soy is an excellent protein to include. And then on the topic of yogurts, it's also important just from a digestive health standpoint, if you are looking to not only increase your calcium, meet your calcium needs, mm-hmm. also from a digestive health standpoint, and we were talking a little bit earlier about that, a dairy-free yogurt is, is a great one. Great. And the thing is, the reason this is so important is pregnancy, not pregnancy, vegan, not vegan. Like I keep telling you, Maya, dairy-free is very popular right now. It is. People are realizing that they were dairy intolerant all along. And so this isn't just, again, we want, we want you guys to eat plants because Maya and I do believe plants are the best. That's what, that's what the literature does tell us. We know that. But that completely aside, people are switching from dairy and they're just grabbing, oh, this is the milk that I like that tastes the best. I saw this online that we should be only doing almond. There's Mm -hmm. all this information, especially when it comes to like kind of, and we're going to get into soy. So I don't want to deep dive into it now. And we we are going to, we are going to get there. But for people wanting to avoid soy, but still get protein, they're going straight for almond. And sometimes we know almond does not have the highest amount of protein in it. It can also sometimes be high in sugar, depending on what they're putting in it. And there's all these other things. And again, this is why watch where you're getting your information. Maya's telling us right now, her favorite milks to suggest are soy milk or one that's pea protein based, which I'm seeing more of, which I'm really liking. That's pretty great an explosion of dairy-free products in the store lately, which is thrilling to see. And then the final nutrient to take a look at when you are evaluating different products or trying to decide what the, what is the best one for you is B12. And B12 is the one nutrient that is completely absent naturally in in a vegan diet. And so you're, you'll, you'll have to get it through fortified foods or a supplement form. For pregnancy, I do recommend a supplement or it's already included in your prenatal, but you can get B12 through these amazing variety of dairy-free milks and yogurts as well. That's so important. And also, might I note that, please correct me if I'm wrong, Maya, but from what I've read, vegan or not vegan, many people are not getting enough vitamin B12. I have heard that and the reason I want to stress it is because that is one of the things people come at me a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't get B12. Where's all your B12? And I just want to say, where's your B12? Has somebody checked yours? You know what I mean? That was just my little tangent of you could be deficient in anything, whether you eat plant-based or not. We just know plants aren't naturally giving us B12. So, but because we know that sometimes I feel that we might have more than the average person walking on the street because we are adding it to our diets where maybe more people should be. Exactly. Yeah. And 
a lot of vegan-friendly products like nutritional yeast, like these plant-based milks, are including vitamin B12. So a supplement is good. And yeah, like you said, we're getting a lot anyway. I did have a client tell me her doctor, that was one of the first questions he asked her. There's, You'll never be able to meet your B12 needs. First of all, they're supplementing for a reason. Right. (laughs) Second of all, that's not a reason to discourage a vegan woman who feels passionate about eating a diet that is aligned with her values from not continuing down that path during pregnancy because it's entirely possible, especially with these foods and supplementation. Correct. And- And again, without trying to get on a tangent, I would say most of the pregnant women I work with are not plant-based and not vegan, while a lot of them are veg curious or experiment with plant products. An overwhelming amount of them are deficient in something. So whether it be iron, calcium, or the doctor's like, that's not where we want it to be, people are deficient. And that's why I get a little bit upset when is, if I say I'm vegan, I'm automatically told I'm going to be deficient in such and such nutrient. We should all be looked at for deficiencies, whether you're eating a plant-based diet or not, and then adjust your diet accordingly, plant-based or not. But you can't just assume that I'm going to be deficient because I'm not going to eat animal products. That's, that's not very nice. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, there is a lack of nutrition education in the medical community, which we can talk out, talk about another episode, right? Even if your doctor is supportive that he or she might feel uncertain and unsure because there is single case studies out there in the literature that show vegans, a vegan woman, it negatively impacted the birth or mm-hmm. development of her child for a vegan diet, but it really was like raw vegan, not supplementation. Exactly. Yeah. And I honestly, I get into that too. When a doctor goes to medical school, they learn bits of everything and way more in general than you and I will ever have to. And I think you and I both recognize that. But even with physical therapy, I have doctors who, you know, if they're an OBGYN, they are not a musculoskeletal specialist. I am. And that's where we, I can't even say we disagree. It's just, they did not get the extensive musculoskeletal training that I did. Like they did not get the extensive dietary education as you did. And that's why using people like you and I in our fields is great. Use us, let us do what we specialized in because I don't think it's fair for the doctor to have to do. They need to get that baby out safely. Exactly. The other stuff we can help with. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. I have you know, friends who are physicians, my father is a physician. There's a lot of support that you can get from your doctor during your pregnancy journey. Yes. Nutrition might not be one of them. If you are. That's why we call Maya. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll give it to you straight. (laughs) Yeah. I love you for it. And on, on the note, this is going to flow well, uh, flow in really well. Soy. We've talked about it already this episode. You and I are not afraid of soy. No. Please tell us a little bit about it. You and I are not afraid of soy. The general public is afraid of soy. Right. Yes. And I continue to see this being soy is unsafe for pregnancy, quote unquote, message spread. And there is a lack of research around soy products in in their whole or minimally processed form 
negatively impacting health. There are animal models in the past that have shown high, high, high concentrations of soy. So like in mounts that you and I would never eat. Remember, rats are not human beings, so we cannot take everything that's done on, you know, an animal model and translate those findings to human. human. These studies showed, you know, negative health outcomes, I think like cancer, I can't remember specifically what that was associated with a high soy intake. But again, soy protein isolates and concentrates these different things that we're not eating. And populations that have high soy intake, like tofu and tempeh, these wonderful nutrient-dense products, actually have a decreased risk for developing certain chronic diseases. Absolutely. And they're, it's, the, it's the exact opposite. Soy is healthy. It's beneficial. So, and I also see the soy is unsafe message being promoted by people who are more heavily into promoting animal-based products for protein, right? animal-based products for nutrients. So there's that flip side of that. It's true. And without getting so far into this, because it was a controversial uh, documentary, the What the Health documentary, mm-hmm. and it, it has its peaks and valleys. I took some really great information from it and some where I thought it was a little bit of fear mongering, which is fine. Yes. Overall, I, I thought it was a great documentary because what it dove into is money in advertisements, invested interests in products. And that's where, again, kind of what you were alluding to, if you have all of your eggs in the meat market, why on earth would you even acknowledge the benefits of eating an animal product? And so when it comes to who's recommending what, maybe take a look at who's supporting them and who's supporting that message. Because of course, you know, they're not going to say, oh, we just found all these great studies on soy, even though we make the most money from beef, they're not going to say it. They're going to lose money. So that's, that happens. I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. There is, I have a long Google Doc running. There are <laughs> journals that sound scientific that are linked to the meat and dairy right. industry. Right. And it is wild when I see these journals and studies published by these journals being used as evidence to support bogus claims right. or claims that lack sufficient evidence that a vegan diet isn't healthy for pregnancy, that you need meat, that you need, you know, dairy and so forth. So it is, I'm, um, there's a great email newsletter by Marian Nestle called Food Politics. She sends out an email once a day and she's written a few books and it really dives into who is funding these studies and why we should be taking a critical eye and how to do that. Which is again, something just a tip for anybody listening something my husband and I talk about when someone cites research articles, which you and I both do a lot. We also were very well trained in understanding in reading and evaluating literature on the credibility of an article, how, if it's a small sample size, but that sample size had really great outcomes, that small sample size matters. And if I ever post anything of an article, if I find it interesting, I would write guys, this was a very small study. It happened one time, Mm -hmm. but this happened. But I would know to say that, and you would know to say that. And so when we're doing all this research and anybody can find a research article, and I encourage people to do their own research, but it is a skill to interpret and apply literature. 
And so this is just a little word, you know, to the wise, I guess, about just watch where you're getting your research and never be afraid to ask, hey, I found this article. Does this look legit to you? Because as you said, there are bogus articles that get funded by people who have a vested interest. So watch where we're getting our literature. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. And those, unfortunately, those, some of those studies do get translated into recommendations. Yes. By, you know, different providers and such. Yeah. Happens all the time. So that was that guys just had to, just had to warn you. Yes. Just letting you know. So omega threes, please tell us about those. I've had questions about this and there's something you're going to say that I'm really excited about to stress. Um, so Tell us about omega-3s, please. Yes. So omega-3s are really important to support your baby's brain development. And you may have heard or read that fish oil, which are high omega-3s, are the best for pregnancy. And while fish oil does contain omega-3, it's actually not the fish that have the (laughs) omega-3s. It's the microalgae that they eat, which is fascinating. Yes, it's the best thing. It's so cool. Yeah. And so this microalgae, it's not something you can go to the supermarket and buy and like throw onto your salad. It is going to be found in the form of algae oil supplement. And it's important to not only take these before pregnancy, but also during pregnancy because the, without going too much into the science, the conversion of from foods into DHA, which was what your body needs for a healthy baby is really low from food. So these supplements are especially important during pregnancy. Oh, interesting. So guys, I hope you heard her. (laughs) The benefit we're getting is what the fish eats, not the fish itself. And this is a whole other plant-based soapbox that we're not going to go on, but a lot of the nutrients our body needs are coming from the foods animals eat. And so I have had some people just not stomach fish oil well, or just, it sounds gross. I don't want it. I know. You know, in fish oil, fish oil, fish oils become trendy. It's become popular and that's fine. But what she said, what the real magic happens in what the fish are eating, algae oil supplements. I did not know that was a thing, you guys. I just learned that from Maya when I read it. It clicked though, because I feel that way about other products. Like I want to eat what the cows eat, not the cows Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. But I never thought of this. And I've had people ask me, like, do I need the fish oil into that? I never even had an idea of what else. And now I feel stupid because that's just amazing. Algae oil (laughs) makes so much sense. So that's just the funnest fact for omega threes. Okay. And you said this, you said before pregnancy, I don't take that. Should I be taking it now or like in the preconception stage? Yes. But if you're like, oh, maybe, you know, year I'm thinking about trying versus like actively trying. Yeah. So if you are actively trying for pregnancy, it doesn't hurt to take it. I do recommend my clients who, if they're not taking an algae oil already, or if their prenatal nutrition supplement doesn't include it because some do to take it. It doesn't hurt. Good. Interesting. Just something I didn't know. I'm learning with you. All right. Moving on. Oh, this one. The the famous pregnancy constipation. <laughs> Everyone gets it, I feel like. Yep. <laughs> Let's talk about it. What should they be eating to help with that? 
So eating and drinking. So what you eat is only one piece of the picture, ladies. Um, one of the things I find with my vegan clients is they are eating a decent amount of produce, but they're not drinking a lot of water. Yes. And I know that's a struggle for a lot of us and I, you know, I hear you, but water is really what helps move things through, so to speak. Yeah. And your water needs increase during pregnancy and also breastfeeding. So looking around the 11 to 13 cups of water per day. Okay. It does not have to be plain water, sparkling water counts. You can make it up in different ways. Um, But when it comes to what you're eating, going back to our earlier conversation, cooked and raw veggies are both going to play a role in helping ease symptoms of constipation. Any food that you eat or any produce that you eat that is raw, I encourage my clients who are struggling with constipation to choose these foods that have a skin. So like berries, apple, pear versus a peel, like a banana or an orange, because the fiber along with a lot of other vitamins and minerals and nutrients are going to reside in the skin. So you just get more of that goodness (laughs) to help yeah. In that way. That's so, I, I didn't, I guess I like half knew that, but didn't, again, what I keep forgetting is when you do all of these small things, that's what makes a difference. I couldn't just single-handedly say, well, Maya, I keep the skin on everything. Why am I still constipated? Like that, that's not enough. But if you're thinking fiber rich foods, you know, we think fruits and vegetables. So if your go-to fruit and vegetable is a banana, like you said, or an orange, what an easy switch when you think you're doing things correctly. That's just a really easy change to make in your diet. And not, I mean, bananas are great for, you know, high in potassium, like vitamin C. So there are, there's like so much value in a variety, but focusing on the, the ones that have the skin is something that could be beneficial. In addition to things like our oatmeal, whole grains, nuts and seeds and, and things like that. That's great. And even again, I work in pelvic health. So I'm working with people's mm-hmm. bowel and bladder all the mm-hmm. time. I treat mm-hmm. constipation. That's something I work on a lot. And the first thing I recommend is pretty much always drink more water. Yep. <laughs> it, it honestly works. I'd say like well over 50% of the time mm-hmm. as soon as people increase their water. I mean, I feel a difference if I don't get enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, again, Drinking water, some people hate it, but what an easy fix. I'm knock on serious wood, you guys. I don't deal with constipation. I kind of have the other issue, but I'm always, yeah, you're welcome for learning that about me. Um, (laughs) But I don't understand the misery of constipation and my pregnant gals who experience it it is like across the board, the biggest complaint I hear during pregnancy in terms of feeling miserable, being in pain, uncomfortable, can't move. Sounds awful. Yeah. So it's, look at these tips. It's great. Yeah. I mean, since we're in the spirit of sharing, I've struggled with constipation, like, you know, for a long time before I became vegan and even, you know, throughout my transition. And you cannot underestimate the value of water. And this is... So one of my clients just a while ago, she found it can even be something as small as not, instead of focusing on, oh, I have to hit this number of ounces a day, change your water bottle. 
buy, you know, something like that's like fun, something with a straw. One of my clients, she bought large pink sparkly glitter filled (laughs) water bottle and with a straw. And she sat on on her desk while she was working. She was like, my helps make, it makes me feel good looking at it. It's easy to drink out of. And it really significantly increased her water and then helped her with her digestion. So sometimes it's these small environmental changes that can make a big impact too. Yeah. I love that. That is so great. So constipated guys, cooked versus raw, skins on your produce, drink that water. Oh, I wanted to ask you too, something that I've, this is not, this is sometimes a pregnancy, but before um, I also work with people who just are dealing with digestion and pelvic issues who are not pregnant. And one of the things I learned early on in my training that seems so easy is just a sprinkle of flaxseed of ground flax on I would have recommended, and I hope this isn't wrong, please tell me if it is, when we're just starting out, because it can be a lot for people who don't do it. So I truly, almost like Parmesan cheese, sprinkle it on on every meal and just start there and see how you do. Is that fit? Is that okay advice, do you think? Yes, as 100%. As long as the flax is in its whole form, or ideally in its whole form, it acts more like a stimulate it has a laxative like effect on your gut when it's ground you're getting more of the nutrients they're more available which is fantastic but if you are so it's going to depend on your health goal so to speak oh it's going to pass undigested relatively undigested through your gi tract compared to ground that is okay i I almost always recommend ground because it's (laughs) you don't know it's it's easier to disguise i guess I don't even know how big is a flax seed, like a sunflower seed? No, smaller. I would say three flax seeds equal one sunflower seed. Like like a chia? <laughs> yeah, like a chia, about the same size, a little bit bigger than a chia. But oh. they have the also, similar to how chia seeds attract water and absorb water. Right, I make like chia, like jelly or pudding and stuff yeah. with it. You can make flax pudding. Ah, yeah. great. And, but, both ground and whole will work. The gra- the whole just, again, ground is great for nutrients and some constipation, but if you want that, like- If you want to move your bowels, if that is the main goal, you might want us to keep the flaxseed whole instead exactly. of grinding it like I've been suggesting. Interesting. I didn't know that. I learned something. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. Good. But that's a great, I love the idea of starting where, you know, meeting them where they're at. Right. That's just, it's, again, it's an easy thing and it doesn't taste like anything Yeah, because that's hard telling them to telling people to start consuming all of these fiber rich foods that aren't already in their diet. I'm sure you see this all the time can be really overwhelming and you could be met with resistance. What if they don't like the food? They're not used to eating it. Okay. Let's at least try with eating what you're currently eating and adding something tasteless is my thought process. Exactly. Cool. One of my other favorite things to do is to recommend swapping out like a vegan mayo or mayo or mustard for a hummus. Bean-based products, naturally rich in fiber. Yeah. Even like a dressing or into some kind of like a bowl, for example, is a great, mm-hmm. great ad. That's great to know. I, I love some hummus. All right. We're busting through these topics, guys. We're on our last one. Nausea. Pregnant nausea. people are nauseous people. Yes. For the most part. Exactly. What can we do? (laughs) So if you're struggling with morning sickness slash all day sickness, like some of my clients, right? hang in there, first of all. 
Um, sometimes it goes away in the first trimester. Sometimes it doesn't, just likes to hang around. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of different strategies that you can do to help manage your nausea. So one of the first things I like to ask my clients is when are you taking your prenatal? And some prenatals, it's either one, two, three pills, mm -hmm. once a day, twice a day, three times a day. And taking your prenatal at night can sometimes help because you're not awake and feeling that kind of um, queasiness. Right. Another strategy is to include protein at meals. So protein can actually help settle the stomach. Maybe it's a scoop of nut butter before bed, or maybe it's throwing in some soy milk into a smoothie or a, drink, a glass of soy milk with mm -hmm. a meal. That can also, some women do find that to be beneficial. And then another thing you can do is to, so while I don't recommend these herbal tea blends or supplements, mm -hmm. I do recommend taking, whether it's like crushing front, fresh mint leaves into a tea, whether it's adding fresh ginger into hot water or taking with cold water, sometimes cold foods can be more beneficial for easing nausea. Mm -hmm. Those are some other strategies you can do to help make you feel more comfortable during this time. Which I love because one of my favorite things to say is why fix what's not broken. Mm. There is timeless literature, especially about ginger, but mint as well. And it's anti-nausea properties and it has the same effects and some effects even more potent than something like Dramamine or something you might take for anti-nausea for a pill. Yeah, Ginger really is it, it works. And I think sometimes people are like, can it really be that easy? But what I ask is one, does fresh make a difference? Yes. I mean, fresh versus by fresh, I don't mean like you have to go and like grate the, grate the ginger yourself. Okay. You can absolutely. Right. They do sell ginger juice, which is fresh ginger. That's oh in juice form. Didn't know. Um, you want to avoid anything that's like a concentrated form or like a, like a ginger tea blend or something like that, because there's a risk for, you know, additives and contamination. And this is a topic that some of my clients push back on. And there comes a point where it's the risk versus benefit. And you ultimately have to decide what feels right for you. Right. Yeah. And that's something too, like we always disclaim that there's risk versus benefit. And especially my, you and I spoke about this on our own, mm -hmm. when it comes to herbal supplements, yeah. there is, there is lacking literature, especially during pregnancy. We have more literature on herbs and stuff like that for those of us who aren't pregnant, but when you're pregnant, especially there's some stuff we just don't know, which is why Maya's kind of telling you stick to what we pretty much do know. Mint, ginger are great in making sure that whatever blends you're using don't have a bunch of stuff added in. And sometimes depending on what percent is added, they don't have to tell you what's in it. Exactly. There's and that's a, a risk. Regulation. Yeah. Right. That's a risk you take anytime you just buy a blend or something that's been for lack of a better term processed, mm -hmm. even though, you know, I love tea. I'm a huge tea drinker, but yeah. I usually mix my own blends. I buy the individual dried, you know, herb flour, whatever I'm going to eat and or drink and I make it myself Yeah. because of that. Okay. And so watching you guys, you're we can't always regulate what you're putting in your body when you just buy a product mm -hmm. and some products are great 
so you know we're not anti-product we've already talked about that but just being sure there's some things that Maya can't speak to you know if you read her an ingredient list she might not be able to say oh yeah that's perfectly fine because there's no way she can guarantee to you what's in it right right yeah and that's I find with kombucha too because I know that's very popular and it's technically a tea I do get pushback from some of my clients who say well I'm going to drink kombucha and I say that is up to you I don't recommend kombucha because there is a very, 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 very minor risk Mm -hmm. of contamination. So taking that into consideration, it's important that I provide, that we provide our clients with the best possible information. What does the evidence say and where is it lacking? So you can make an informed decision so they can make an informed decision what's best for them. I think that's great. (laughs) This is awesome. Did we do it all, Maya? I think that's it. All right, guys, that is what Maya and I have prepared for you today. I'm so excited. I learned so much. I could just pick her brain for hours. But before we let her go, Maya, I want to know what is like the number one thing you would want to tell your pregnant women who are veg curious or who are vegan or eliminating animal products? What is your number one? I know it's hard to pick. What do you want them to know? It is hard to pick because there are so many things. It's okay to feel afraid and it's okay to feel concerned and that's normal and it can also feel isolating. Know that you're not the only one who is considering or venturing down a vegan pregnancy journey Mm -hmm. or does not want to include animal products as a part of a vegan or part of pregnancy and know that there are other women doing it. You can too. Having healthy babies, having healthy pregnancies. So you've got this. You're not alone. That's something I, alone. I stress that so often when mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking on these platforms, I always tell people, Maya, like, listen, I love you and I know you're special, but you're not the first one. There are <laughs> women have come before you. There are women who are doing this with you right now. You mm-hmm. are not alone. And so I love how you ended that. I think that's really special. And last but not least, Maya, where can we find you? Everyone needs to go follow her. She's just the best. But where can we find you? Thank you. So you can find me hanging out on Instagram at vegan.prenatal.nutritionist. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Send me your thoughts, ideas. I do have a group program that I run with pregnant vegan women. We meet weekly. That is what a resource if you are a, a vegan or a plant-based individual I know that I've been looking for resources. I'm not pregnant. I know if I say I'm looking for resources, Um, (laughs) but I'm just obsessed with the vegan lifestyle and I'm so curious. So I've been looking for resources. And when I found Maya, what a sense of relief. And I love that she does it in a group. So you get to connect with other like-minded individuals who are going through what you're going through. And to have that weekly check-in with Maya is so beneficial. So if you are vegan or plant-based and you're wanting support, definitely send her a message and I'll also put her information below so you can find her and that's it Maya thank you I just can't thank thank you you. enough well this was a real pleasure and I'm so so thrilled to be able to talk to you and share some good tidbits yay well go on and go forth enjoy the sunshine Maya's in Florida you guys (laughs) I'm in western PA she wins Um, but we will talk soon thank you Maya Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.